I would be more afraid of the federal benefit dollars than of the taxes. The Supreme Court just took some federal benefits away from residents in Puerto Rico. Are they coming for you next? I'm Scott Ott with Zoe Rachel sitting in for Bill Whittle and Stephen Green. This episode of Right Angle is brought to you by the members at BillWhittle.com, to whom we are grateful for all of this. Gentlemen, uh, interesting case in an eight to one decision, the Supreme Court said that Puerto Ricans are not necessarily qualified or entitled would be the right word to receive federal benefits if Congress decides that they are not. Basically, the argument was that since uh, Puerto Ricans are exempt from a lot of federal taxes, that they don't necessarily get all the federal benefits. Uh, The case involved a guy who was born in Puerto Rico, lived in New York City uh, for a number of years, and then had a stroke, eventually moved back to Puerto Rico, and was doing fine receiving his Social Security income checks until the Social Security Administration notified him that he did not qualify for them, and they wanted $28,000 back that they had already paid him. Uh, Zoe, Rachel, this is an interesting situation, both as regards to the potential for the next time Puerto Rico votes on U.S. statehood, uh, but the argument that the only dissenting justice made, Associate Justice Sonia Sotomayor, whose parents were uh, Puerto Rican, uh, was that if your qualification for benefits from the federal government is contingent upon your contribution to the budget of the federal government, well, then perhaps poor people who were born in the U.S. uh, and stateside here and lived all their lives stateside shouldn't qualify as much as others who had contributed to Social Security more or at all. Um, And perhaps some of the smaller states shouldn't uh, get uh, as big a cut as they're currently getting because they haven't contributed all that much. Um, So I think that, um, first of all, it's fresh. It's uh, refreshing to see the Supreme Court voting in an overwhelming majority on anything. (laughs) We only see the (laughs) stories about when it's 5-4 or 6-3 and it's it's a closely decided case. But do you think uh, Justice uh, Sonia Sotomayor has a point here? that federal benefits should not be contingent upon the income. I mean, shouldn't this really be to each according to his needs? <laughs> well, <laughs> well is, in terms of that, uh, that social, um, I don't want to say, I don't want to sound callous and say like this kind of social dependency, this kind of uh, uh, collectivist model that the seeds of uh, Social Security planted. Uh, this is what it was, what it was going to turn into. And um, when you have... I mean, Social Security on its face is 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 crooked in, in the terms of your tax to pay Social Security. And then they find a way to tax you for your your Social Security check also. So on that on the payments. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like it, it doesn't even make any sense. Um, so I think as far as this 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 goes, this looks like a move to try to make it to where, um, you know, you, you do this kind of negative and it, it gets to a point where so why don't we just go ahead and um, assimilate? Uh, the Puerto Ricans into being able to vote in presidential elections. I mean, this is where this stuff is kind of leading and hoping that they'll be able to rely on their vote. Um, but we were talking backstage and what this looks like to me, uh, I think it brings to light what the, what the three fifths clause is. Uh, I'm just going to kind of go sideways as far as this goes, but I'm hoping that people can see the rel- the relevancy of this. Um, I'm talking about leading people towards being able to to vote 
in elections, what they're paying in taxes when, and the benefit of it. Because when you look at the three-fifths clause, and I'm hoping that folks can see why this is another reason why the Constitution cannot be stigmatized for disqualifying a person's worth. Because when you look at the three-fifths clause, it's in the context of uh, not excluding uh, 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 not excluding uh, taxes, uh, three four, uh, not excluding those paying taxes, not three fifths of three fifths. Not uh, hold on, let me get that right. Indians uh, not paying taxes, uh, three fifths the taxes of all other persons. The only national group implicated in there are Indians themselves. And the reason why I bring that up is because we can see that you know with 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 Immigration, illegal immigration, you got Democrats right there just waiting to be able to collect these people's votes. And when you had, even in the, uh, 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 the earlier days of, of America, when you had tribes that were here, they were counting them in their census. And these people weren't paying the same taxes that everybody else. It's like, you can't just go and round up Indians just because they're in this territory and, in, and, and count them in your census to get representation. You can't do that. These people need to be paying at least three-fifths the taxes that everybody else is paying. Right. At least. Uh, uh, um, so, so so we have that there and we see that what they're doing with nations coming in right now and involving them in our electoral processes. And that's probably the same that they, thing that they want to do with the Puerto Ricans in terms of how they're paying taxes. And then you can become part of our voting process if you're paying at least three fifths the taxes of all other persons. So that's what I'm looking at right here and like where they're trying to lead this towards. Stephen Green, uh, there was uh, not too long ago another vote in Puerto Rico over U.S. statehood, and um, it went the way of the others. As you know, Puerto Rico is not currently a state as of this recording. Uh, but one wonders, Steve, whether this may make a difference, uh, whether the trade-off would be worth it to some people to say, you know what, there are like 300,000 Puerto Ricans who would otherwise qualify for Social Security income benefits. Um, maybe that's enough to push the vote the other way uh, to, in order to get statehood. And those people may, at this point in their lives, not be able to contribute to the tax side of the equation, which, of course, I would assume the U.S. Congress would require as a, as a quid pro quo, so to speak, um, that Puerto Ricans would be subject to the same taxes if, in fact, it were a state. Um, Steve, do you think that this... This balancing act is going to be something that's going to tilt the tables in favor of statehood. Uh, predictions are hard, especially about the future. So I, I, I try not to to, to make those. Uh, so who knows how this would actually play out? Uh, and while I hate giving advice because I'm terrible at that too, um, maybe maybe I could like talk this out and uh, help our uh, our friends in PR kind of figure this out. Um, you know. The old saying from uh, the the battle days of the Viking raids was uh, once you pay the Dane geld, you'll never be rid of the Dane. That is, the Vikings would show up and and say, "Give us, give us some money, and we won't do all the rape and pillage." But if you paid them instead of fighting them, guess what? They'd be back next season for for more of the Dane geld. It's a Danish money that you had to pay. Um, in the modern welfare state, it's been kind of flipped around. Once you take the Dane Geld, that is, once you take money from the federal government, in this case, that would that would be our Vikings these days with all the rape and pillage. Once you take the Dane Geld, you will never be rid of the Dane because 
the federal money is so sweet, but it always comes with restrictions and regulations and rules and even more regulations and restrictions and rules. And then it just keeps growing until you can't move. But the thing is, if you don't play along, they'll take the Dane Guild away. So it's it's kind of the, the, the flip side of how it was all those hundreds of years ago. So for Puerto Rico, which has been kind of in this uh, comfy, cozy place since about 1898, which is when we, we took the, the island from the Spanish, where they didn't have any of the responsibilities of statehood, uh, but Puerto Ricans enjoyed almost all the benefits of U.S. citizenship and protection by the U.S. military. And it's a, that's kind of a comfy, cozy place to be. But if things are going to come to a head over this decision, and I love this country, I, I am America first, baby, but we've got some issues here. I think these are issues we can fix, but it's not easy. We've got to tame that federal Leviathan. I think we've got to eliminate the Fed and get back on a hard currency because I think that experiment is, uh, is clearly not worked. Um, we've got some things that need fixing, but if whether to go statehood or independence comes to a head before we get these problems fixed. Puerto Ricans, who I would have told 100 years ago, yeah, come on in, the water's fine, become a state. These days, I would say, how much is that Dane Guild really worth? You know, I wonder whether we would have as many uh, Puerto Ricans moving from that territory into the continental United States um, if you could get the same federal benefits if you just stayed on the island. Um, and, and I don't know the answer to that question. And I, I don't make any evaluation here of the motivations of any individual uh, Puerto Rican citizens. Uh, but I do know that there is, it's a two-edged sword here, my friends. Um, if you're thinking, I want more of those federal benefit dollars, um, but I don't want to pay more taxes, I would be more afraid of the federal benefit dollars than of the taxes. Um, those are the greater threat to your happiness and liberty. Yes, it seems nice that a guy who had a stroke can get payments for, you know, to be able to, for his care. Uh, but there, there is always a burden that comes with that, a, a sense of obligation, a sense of dependency, uh, a sense of the stripping of dignity and of, you know, moving into the, the maw of this impersonal bureaucratic organization for all the good intentions that the individuals in the Social Security Administration may have. When you're in that, it's a factory. It's a, it's a machine and they can't do, they can't treat you like an individual. They've got to treat you like a piece of the machine, like one of the products that's being moved along the assembly line. And uh, it's not something that I think I would crave if I were in Puerto Rico. As I think Steve said, uh, while they have a lot of problems of their own over there, including some politicians and unions uh, that have decided to find ways to make sure that people cannot live out their dreams as fully as they might, if they were a U.S. state, um, I think you may still be better off to not do it. Um, that said, if if Texas were not already in the union, I'm pretty sure I would vote. Well, no, no, I guess I wouldn't. I think I think we would just stay as a republic. I'd be okay with that too. We don't need anything from the United States. We would like to have friendly relations with the United States of America, but it's okay if we don't get your bureaucracy. For uh, Zoe Rachel and Stephen Green, I'm Scott Ott. Thanks to the members at BillWhittle.com for making Right Angle possible. 